Be a stupid bitch. We are in control now. Yes, y'all, that's right, infidels. It's Thursday afternoon live, twitch.tv slash Hameen Media, Ben Hameen YouTube channel, and always at channelattitude.com. It's time to break down all the forbidden doors, the low crowds in Canada, the lowest of the low, and the tragically hip here in the HMG discussion group. It's time to light the fuse. YOLO! <laughs> I oh, what's good, guys? What's good? Quick fade, quick cuts. <laughs> uh, RBV doing his uh, race car thing and uh, put out a couple little invites, but, uh, you know, no worries. We're going to punch in and punch out here real quick because... Uh, what I got to say might need to land just on my shoulders. I don't want heat to come on <laughs> down anybody else because interestingly uh, rough show last night for for AEW all the way around. We had a good time watching it live, but uh, head scratching. Only came in at six belts on our uh, on our over-under last night, so if you bet over uh, six belts. I said seven. We didn't get there. I thought we were going to, man, but uh, no worries that way. But plenty of uh, hot talk on the internet this morning on the Twitter feeds and all that. Then we'll see who sells for it or who doesn't sell for it. But, um, yeah, they they struggled to have uh, big ticket sales. And uh, I think you heard things were overpriced. They were in Hamilton, Ontario last night. And um, it was uh, a rough formatted show and, and some strange choices all the way around. Forbidden Door was pretty good from uh, everybody that uh, I spoke with there. Uh, my business partner and uh, former booker and owner Josh uh, from 2CW was there and uh, Chris Lovins too and and uh, Justin. So they, they were on hard cam, so it was fun to spot them. And we watched Josh on his phone react to shit that I was texting him. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it was uh, – Interesting, I thought in the beginning of Forbidden Door book, but then uh, Stevie Richards just put out on uh, Russo YouTube, you guys. I just watched an awesome video, his breakdown of the false finish of the Tiger Driver 91 that uh, could have easily paralyzed someone, uh, not someone, Kenny. Um, and, uh, you know, a constructive video is always from Stevie, but using that smart board technology and really offering, uh, you know, good advice to the way only Stevie Richards can, man. And, uh, not sugarcoating anything. He offers a positive and everything he does. So a great video there to watch. And, uh, interesting. It's just, uh, I, I had to tap on, I can only do so much wrestling in one week. And when you get past 15, 16 hours, it just becomes too much with what I got to do. But, uh, seemed like that house enjoyed it. And then, um, you know, we were setting up for this, which, I guess had really low. I, I at last glance maybe around 850 pre-sale. Um, so that that's pretty rough going into it. And then their video game dropped um, or like pre-launch or what have you. And I think today's the first day it's actually officially out. Uh, so the soft launch was there, and 
I saw some stuff from a ladder match in it where the characters drop through the ladder and then they drop through the mat and it's not part of the graphic. It's definitely like a glitch or something along those lines. But early on in these things, I guess, I mean, well, what do I know about video games now? Next to nothing. I think the last time I played video games was PlayStation two or three. Okay. So that'll, that'll date me right there. And in, <laughs> in my, in my complete knowledge of uh, gameplay and engines and, and everything and how things, but I know the, there shouldn't be glitches where your characters are dropping through the goddamn, you know, mat and it's not part of the actual game itself. So, uh, you know, they're going to catch hell. Don Stevens is going to be doing double, triple duty, uh, this week. So, um, big news though, from, uh, I guess that relates from forbidden door. I big news is there big news, um, is, well, that you know, the elite and punk were in the same building, so that's one thing. But um, that Jungle Boy did a heel turn on Hook that was not super bad, but you know, Hook had the belt. He didn't use the belt at all on him. He hit him with one clothesline, and Hook sold for three minutes on the ground while Jungle Boy posed down and got heel heat. They were with it, and then this week on this show, we do some. Uh, you know, promo and cat and mouse bit, but, uh, that was about the, the main business, I guess, going forward that kind of got done out of there. Uh, and the other big news, I guess, is, uh, Daniel Bryan with a broken forearm, uh, Brie posting, uh, x-ray of it and a serious break with 10 minutes left to go in the match. And, uh, you know, now he's, She's like, I don't know if I should chastise him or put him over for being tough and that I'm proud of him. But, man, what are, what are we doing out here? I, this, I mean, you can get hurt on anything. So, again, I'm not trying to be like, you suck or anything like that. You, you can get hurt on the smallest thing. We've seen <laughs> multiple guys blow their quads off. and Nothing to laugh at because it's serious. Um, and here's Daniel Bryan, one of the world's greatest workers, getting a broken arm, you know. And uh, it's just – this we're we're working way too hard <laughs> we're we're pretending this is a shoot we want to make it look like a shoot but everything we're doing is kind of a half shoot if people are really getting hurt you know so like i said i didn't see this injury nor do i like to go back and watch those types of things uh when buddy got his leg broken the ladder spot recently i didn't watch that either i just don't like to see people getting fucked up like that when we can make smarter choices. And like I said, it might be nobody's fault. Uh, Stevie said he didn't move his arm or no, uh, uh, Steve King this morning on the Friday locker room was telling me he didn't move his arm in. And it was just kind of out there, but you know, it only takes eight pounds of pressure to break a bone and you hit it in the right spot. So it's, uh, it, I don't know. There needs to be something changed, man, with guys like, yeah, drop me right on my head unprotected and I'll just tuck my chin and roll to my shoulder. Yeah, fucking drop on my arm and just crush it. If my bone breaks, it breaks. It'll look good for camera. Like, what? I'm not sure what we're doing here where these things that are definitely should be a work are becoming a shoot and the injuries from them are going to be ridiculous, you know? So, uh, from what I saw from Forbidden Door, the first couple matches, though, maybe I think I watched the first four. I liked it. Um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
Uh, the J12 though, he's weighing in. He says maybe we need some of the uh, Smiths that he's on, but uh, he's digging fight forever. So yeah, that's could be uh, you know, that's just what I saw on uh, simple on on some AEW botches account. So don't let me uh, don't let that shape my uh, whole perspective of the game itself. I'm sure there's cool stuff in it to, to some degree. Otherwise, people will be going nuts. But I saw some of the reviews like they were they liked that it looked like the old the uh, arcade version, I guess, uh, you know, the, the characters, but that it wasn't groundbreaking or anything like that. So I don't know, video game snobs, who gives a fuck, you know? Uh, okay. Sorry. Business partners checking in. Just gotta, just gotta do it. Uh, because we're trying to open a dispensary. And I was gonna say, if you're looking for a good Smiths like J 12, you can always go to horseshoegenetics.com and get uh, the most premium cannabis seeds on the market along with six other uh, nutrients. And I'm working on a spider mite pesticide label right now. And I think the uh, bloom is going to be done soon too. So we got to send all these to the labs and get them tested. And over the next month, had two more, maybe even three more products of the product line, horseshoegenetics.com, you guys. Uh, and get some badass hats for summer. I think there's only a couple of limited ones left here. So uh let's see backstage news on harley cameron's contract uh she kind of made headlines this week with uh i think the spot um was was she the one with bowens where they started chanting he's gay and i i thought that was uh, a good thing that they recapped on this week's show that made me uh like entertained of like wow good crowd energy good uh reheal and and, and crossover so um, but, uh, the Australian made of, maybe that's not her. Maybe I've got it wrong and it's another hot blonde. Uh, but, uh, it looks like she's working, uh, put pen to paper, currently working for the company on a full-time basis. So I guess she signed, but, uh, I don't know much about her. I was going to say Piers Austin might know a bit more. I'm real happy for Piers Austin and the Piers Austin podcast network. She's going to be doing some work for Impact down there, down where, down there, way down there, down under. Uh, but this girl here, she's got all the assets to be a uh, superstar. Uh, <laughs> for sure, yeah. Who? Look her up, man. Uh, just, I was just looking at the headlines, and uh, she had two big ones that stuck out in her profile picture there. Um, yeah, but uh, what the hell? I was just trying to look, see if there's anything doesn't look like anybody's got any uh, big heat events. Let's say uh, here's one from Tony Khan. Uh, Tony Khan reportedly wanted AEW video game early on in the promotion's existence, as we were talking about that. But uh, one of, that was one of the first things he had hoped for. From one day, from on day one, Tony creates AEW. On Tony on day two, Tony creates AEW Fight Forever. Uh, it's very close to the truth, uh, says uh, Sobek. He says I was. The first employee of AEW, and on day one, we pumped a bunch of money into his campaign to get it off the ground. And on day two, he had, we had the nerve to go back and ask them for another pile of money <laughs> to make this video game. So, um, interesting, man. Like, this game's been a long time in the making. And like I said, for gamers, if you're enjoying it and you do it, like, I hope so. Here's what uh, I- I'm thinking about is with less than a million people, how many people are going to buy this game from your company? Let's say half of them. Let's say you got a million 
followers, right? So half a million people buy your video game. What's a video game? What did it cost, if you don't mind me asking? I'm just going to lowball and say 70 bucks, right? Possibly right there. So we're at $3.5 million, you know, uh, if if half a million people buy it at $70. So, or excuse me, 35 mil, right? So I, I don't know, 60 bucks. So 60, so 30 mil. That's if they all buy it. What's your profit coming back? You know, I just don't know. The, what did you put into it? And that's if half your fan base buy it, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, so average price 60. That's what the chat's telling me now if you're just listening to us live here. So the elite edition is 70. So, you know, everybody's buying that. So <laughs> let's just say 35 mil. I think it cost them more than that to make it. And that's not like all profit that they're going to be getting back. So I don't know, man. Uh, it's a sketchy concept uh, on paper for me, business-wise, of how it turns out in their favor. But um, yeah, uh, Tony Khan also says the All In will be one of the biggest wrestling events in history. We're making history, much like Chicago Blackhawks once drafted Connor Bedard. There appear to be big things on the horizon for AEW this summer. What the fuck? Who wrote this, Eric Mutter? Oh my god. Things have already started strong with the launch of Collision. Uh, Yeah, dude, this is nonstop copy from Eric Mutter. Really likes his own writing, apparently. Um, Busted Open Con made bold declarations regarding the stadium show, and his belief is that it, along with everything else going on, should lead AEW to having the greatest summer in the history of the company. I saw they did uh, like $1.2 or something on the gate for Forbidden Door which was uh, a, a big uh, up from their last one. So I'm not sure, you know, after this week, it's going to be pretty rough of, you know, coming in from Hamilton and this show just did not click. I'm trying to get any good news here we can. But if they're sold 65,000, you know, for Forbidden Door, I don't know. Like I said, how many of those are StubHub and all that kind of stuff and Ticketmaster. Um, we're going to find out soon enough. And, and if you're talking about a roller coaster, it will be a roller coaster, literally, because you're going to have, if, it, if they pack 65,000, that's a huge high. That's awesome. But I think they did a thousand, maybe just a, a little over last night at, uh, in Hamilton, because the way they were even shooting the show was from like a back angle. What we call it, obviously if you've seen the Hamines tarp emporium shirt, pro wrestling tees.com slash Ben. I mean, the J hook, which was originally a rib for WWE for all their lies about what they were drawing at that time. Now we didn't even have to come down to the hook. We got to the bottom of the stem of the J and the hook was even, uh, get hook, send goddamn hook. Uh, and the, the hook was even fucking pretty empty down there. So just from the way they were shooting it, you could see that they were trying to fill in with just the people they had on the one side. That is rough, you know? rough uh let's see here all right let's get to the goddamn show punch in and punch out um plenty of uh fun last night like i said if you guys haven't joined us for the self-help groups group group what are you waiting for what are you waiting for uh let's see yes dang it alan face jericho fuck we kick it off with uh tomohiro ishii versus john moxley i mean what 
is there to be said about this match, man? Um, it, it's uh, the the worst type of psychology that I don't care if people are like, oh, it's New Japan strong style. This is the ex- absolute wrong style, especially where it is on the card. Uh, Moxley does what Moxley does and gets color. Color is supposed to be reserved for some a big moment, big payoff, yada, yada. And uh, once it is, it's hard for anybody else on the show to outdo that. In this match is the opener. Of course, he gets color, you know. So how are you supposed to follow that? Pull somebody's eyeball out, start pulling fingernails and teeth out, like chop somebody's hand off because dismemberment's about the next thing that you can do to get past color. So he's already really taken the high spot in the show in the first match, which is very selfish, very, very selfish. And then in this match, there is two sets of meaningless strikes where after they sell on offense for wrestling moves for only a moment, they stand back in the pocket and trade forearms to the side of the head, back and forth and back and forth. Nobody is even registering, let alone selling. Like there's not even a stumble. And in their warped psychology, this they're like, oh, these guys are tough and they're in the pocket. But then they go back into selling, and then they come right back to it again, burying all the things that they sold. So it makes zero sense. I don't care if it's a uh, style from there that they think is, and the, and we're and we're hitting all kinds of finishers. At one point, <clears throat> uh, Moxley suplexes. I think Ishii stands right up where it's vice versa, walks right in and gets him back. No, complete no sell on getting dumped on his head, everything. And this is the opener. That's the biggest problem with this. Not only is the style wrong, not only is the no selling wrong and abysmal and the quality of wrestling, uh, you know, from, from nobody wanting to sell each other whatsoever and thinking that that makes everybody look tough. It makes everybody else look stupid because now the guys after him who sell one punch, how it should be done. Wow. They're not nearly as tough as Moxley and uh, Ishii are because one punch and he's on the fucking cell on wobble legs. I just seen a guy take 64 arms of the head and not move an inch like a stone statue. See what the problem is here, kids. And we already seen blood. So what is pinning a guy's shoulders to the mat mean at this point? It should mean everything, and now it means nothing. They picked all the fruit off the tree for this show in the opener, exposed that not only are strikes phony, how many times you see guys in UFC just sit there and and club back and forth and stand in the pocket and get punched in the face and not even move, not even move their feet whatsoever. It doesn't happen. This is the dumbest style of wrestling because it makes everybody else who tries to sell and make – a work look real their stuff's phony if you let these guys lead off so then then not only if they're gonna no sell strikes to go in and then actually do wrestling moves and suplexes or pop right up from it and not even shake it off or anything like that it was it was absolutely brutal to watch and it went on and on and on and on with all this shit for probably close to 20 minutes. And uh, it it was just, if I'm in the back, I'm like, how are we going to follow this dude? You know, I'm, I'm ready to go shoot the t-shirt gun and do something else instead. Like this is, is, is rough. Uh, Ishii delivers one of his own, uh, has a huge layup and Moxley kicks out, hits a cutter. 
Yeah, that was the thing. He hits him with a lariat, pins him, kick out, stand up. You go from being pinned and, and fucking kicking out to standing up and hitting offense. You kick out the heel or whoever it is who's pinning you is the one to pick you up to reverse out, hit a cutter. He's just standing up, hitting shit on motherfuckers. Well, then how are you even pinned from the get-go based off of you getting uh, clotheslined? It, like, it's the worst psychology. There is no excuse for it. However, Ishii pops up immediately to hit a low-running lariat, but that's not enough either. Moxley then hits a knee strike before the Death Rider, but Ishii kicks out again. Moxley hits a stomp and another Death Rider, and this time it's enough. So knee strike and a Death Rider, not the winning combination. Stomp and Death Rider, now we've got it. Now we figured it all out, you know? Dude, this match was brutal. John Moxley over, uh, you know, and even then, uh, in the middle of it, da- out comes uh, Kingston and, and everything else as they go to the back, and Kingston's like, "See, you didn't need them," and da da da. And we do get a little interesting backstage vignette with Kingston and Blackpool Combat Club of, uh, uh, you know, going back and forth, and it, it boils over, and he, he even buries Chikara, and he's like, "You people don't give a shit about some." fucking feud from 10 years ago in Chikara. You guys working for some shit, uh, Lucha Indy, right? Uh, and that's what all that Claudio stuff stems from. And then I, my favorite part of this was Renee was the most believable one as things heated up and she stepped in the middle to like tell Eddie to get the fuck out while John stormed off and Eddie kept going. I got to say, Renee, Renee's acting was very believable right here. So uh, I, I thought this post-match scene was like something to half enjoy because Moxley can do character and so can, uh, and Kingston's probably one of the best promos on their roster. And the other guy just had to be B and C player standing in the back and not getting involved. But it seemed like a realistic argument to me as opposed to a staged argument, I guess is what I'll say. So as brutal as that opening segment was, what we kind of went home with, with business and the follow-up scene, furthered their story in heat. But my Lord, dude, that you can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash bin on me and get that wrong style dojo shirt now. And that match is everything I think that wrong style is all about. Two guys with all the opportunity, talent, and, and fucking ability to do things the right way. And that's what they turned in for their homework and and are proud of it. Uh, I would not be proud of of that psychology whatsoever. And I'm not trying to say like F this dude or F that guy. It sucks to see dudes with such talent, such ability and the spot to shine. And that's what makes it to TV and no one can say shit to them. Well, I guess if you're independently owned like we are. You know, because they'll take it personal or whatever it is, man. But what are you going to do? What are going to do? Orange Cassidy, Keith Lee, and El Hijo de Vikingo versus Save Big Money at Matt Menard's, uh, Angelo Parker, and uh, Daniel Garcia. Um, Man, like, I don't understand this. Maybe I missed something from Collision, you know, because I didn't watch it. But you guys can check out uh hmg wreckage the collision review over there now big shout out to chris ams and all the co-hosts will be hanging out with him uh reviewing that show as well or maybe on rampage 
but I don't even know why these guys are together. Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, and El Ejo de Vikingo. It makes no sense to me. Um, all I care about is that the Bearcat is back. Uh, throw them Bearcats up out there. He's back from Pound Town, and uh, he's got no wizard robe, so he's not doing Gandalf the Gray anymore. He shaved his beard, and black don't crack, so he looks like a young man. And uh, he got some uh, Just for Men Kevin Nash special uh, hair hair grease, and he looked 15 years younger than he looked two weeks ago. So Bearcat's back and uh, better than ever, I guess. Uh, give him the mic and give me some uh, Star Trek promos, and that would be Meechin because that's Korean for crazy. Um, but, uh, before we get to that, Renee Paquette's backstage and shows Adam Cole arriving at the building. MJF show, uh, car is, uh, is, uh, big ass truck comes screeching to a halt and he jumps out and does the big false bravado put over of Adam Cole. And then now that he's, they're going to be tag team, uh, together because they got thrown into this tournament at random. They've even got, uh, merch already better than you baby shirt and he wants to hang out and get to know him so we're gonna get the odd couple vignettes of these two guys hanging out and both of them are good actors so i think they could carry it if we have some funny premises and funny ideas that'd be something i would have liked to uh heard about because i definitely would like to punch some of that up but uh uh mjf congratulates cole for getting sick uh, forbidden dory wishes he would have thought of that one that popped me that popped me that was good uh but apparently uh i don't know they got uh 48 hour get the shits because i guess uh dmd's got it as well so who knows man the old florida mosquito virus thanks bill gates we appreciate it but uh, uh cole says uh, don't touch me i gotta go say what's up to some good brothers then i'll come hang out with you in your truck whatever that means um da, 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 da. let's see back in the ring al de vikingo and daniel garcia start the match as vikingo shows agility before bouncing off the middle rope they had an arm drag on angelo parker and orange cassidy tags in cassidy grabs a new comb puts it in his pocket we do all the orange stuff uh cassidy goes uh to comb his hair and garcia runs in and stops it like oh no not that spot so we're doing wacky stuff to cleanse the palate from getting color and, you know, no selling everything. Uh, but Cassidy uh, gets a hold of Garcia, hold him off. Vikingo dives with a foot stomp and does a shooting star press, but Garcia kicks out because why not? Uh, the JS star takes for They tag in and out and Matt Menard slams Vikingo down uh, with a power bomb. But Kingo makes the tag, and Keith Lee leaps over the top rope to cross body both Matt Menard and Parker. Uh, yeah, Vikingo does, not not uh, yeah, Keith Lee. Yeah. Uh, they both double team. Uh, this goes on and on. There was one spot that I didn't see during the show, but maybe it was on a different angle. I don't know why. But Vikingo does a planche over the top rope onto uh, Bearcat, and Bearcat barely gets grazed but goes down and sells and reaches up and pulls vikingo on top of him and, and it was you know it'll be on botches there's no doubt about it so um but uh vikingo and lee work together outside the ring but garcia hits a pile driver to cassidy on the inside he locks in the dragon tamer but vikingo breaks it up as menard tries to hit lee with several chops in a lariat attempt 
only to eat a supernova. Uh, Keith Lee, Orange Cassie, and Alejo Dave Vikingo are there. Uh, I, I, I popped huge when uh, Taz said Viking Jones. I uh, just call him Viking Jones, which I think is a better name. Uh, so, yeah, this match had uh, funny stuff and spots or whatever. I like uh, Daddy Magic and fucking uh, Cool Hand Luke. I think those guys are like they they kind of get shit on by some people, but I think those guys got a lot of fucking potential. And even in NXT when they were doing the morning show bit, uh, you could see what was there. They just got to be used properly to shine, man, and and get over. They can get heat and they can both wrestle. There's no doubt about that. But why are we having this match? I don't understand. That's the fucking big thing. It's just like random draw characters that we were, I thought we were doing random draw tag teams and now we're just doing a, a strange thing this way. So everybody had fun. I guess that's all that matters. Nobody got hurt. Uh, eats a supernova and uh, Keith Lee Bearcats back, baby better than ever. Uh, maybe it was an evil wizard that put a spell on him, an aging spell only to be reversed by just for men. Uh, let's see. Then we get the, the elite versus the dark order. Yeah. Backstage. We have, a uh, box and Adam page saying they got an open challenge. And all of a sudden player uno shows up with, uh, the other dudes, uh, from, uh, fucking, uh, dark order fucking for Johnny hungry. And I forget the other guy, uh, the guy who got knocked down the match, uh, whatever it is. Um, but, uh, evil uno, is pissed off because, dude, it doesn't get any more middle school than this or, like, lower high school. The cool kid, Adam Page, came and ate lunch with the dorks, and guess what? Adam Page, the cool, good-looking kid, also liked to play Dungeons & Dragons or whatever, but now his secret's out. And But then he went back to the baseball team and left the dorks behind, and now the dorks are pissed, and they're ready to fight in the open challenge. That's exactly what this promo was. They're mad because their friend left them, and now they don't want to see it anymore or hear about it. So in they come, man. I don't know. It just doesn't get any more juvenile in a storyline when we're supposed to be men fighting that way. It just felt like middle school to me. Alex Reynolds, thank you. I don't want to refer to him as the guy who got knocked out in the middle of the match and they stepped over him, which was fucked up. Um, but Alex Reynolds uh, kickstarts thing with Nick Jackson, who is dude just a phenomenal athlete. Well, which is uh, even until John Silver tags in and demands Adam Page, he wants to talk things out. They get into things, and Silver hits the back elbow strike. He opts out, tags after that. So the Silver, Matt Jackson, Evil Uno, then lock up. A big man drops the elite star and then takes a cheap shot at Page. I'm pretty sure we had Super Smash Brothers versus the Young Bucks, so I've seen part of this before. Uh, the Bucks worked together in tandem with several double-team moves to take control, but then get hit by a double clothesline from Uno once he wants Paige to fight but drops off the apron as Uno then gets super kicked out of the ring by the Bucks. They both leave from the top turnbuckles and then take out everyone below them in the ring. So it's like, I don't want to fight, and I don't want to punch you, but we'll flip on top of you and kick you. Oh, okay, so it's selective violence that you're willing to do on me. Uh, page tags in, but once again, he can't fight his friend. So he can't fight his friends. So Nick returns and he and Matt, you don't want to fight your friends. I'll fight your friends who used to be our friends. Uh, so Nick returns and he and Matt once again, dominate with double team moves over Reynolds reverses the next attempt. Nick's accident accidentally kicks his brother 
as Uno then tags in and Paige drops Paige on the apron once again as he begins clearing house. Paige gets involved but doesn't want to fight again, which leads to Uno slapping him, and that's enough as he snaps and starts fighting back. So as far as Young Buck's psychology goes, which I've shit on in the past, but I know I have a different appreciation for it. Um. This is was good in in what they were doing of he doesn't want to fight even though we got to do other goofy stuff because we don't chain wrestle we do spots where chain wrestling would have facilitated this more um you know it was working but then he breaks down and gives it uh gives it back to him but the dark order worked together with a fury of moves Paige's able to kick out the last second Dark Order aims for a pendulum bomb, and Nick Jackson makes a save, and Paige nails Silver with a lariat. He's conflicted about the buckshot lariat, and that leads to Silver reversing it and almost catching him with a pinfall attempt. Silver then nails several kicks, but Paige then hits the dead eye, which is followed by the dead eye and the buckshot lariat, Adam Page, Young Bucks. I think they missed here. I think Adam Page could have taken a loss here, and uh, they could have done it in a very – Gulliver's travels kind of way. Not that Adam Page is the giant, but Johnny Hungry gets down on all fours, you know, distraction, you know, one way from Adam uh, from Reynolds' turn, and 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 Uno hits him with the fly cross body or something like that off the top, where they're all working together after they take out the Bucks. So, but even then, Adam Reynolds could take the bullet from the Bucks on the outside, in feeds Johnny Hungry. Got him rocking and reeling, get down and then cross body and they and they and he pins him that way. So Dark Order could have got the win and the the fu that they're looking for. Now they got left in the dirt by their buddy to go back with the cool kids and they took the fucking loss. They should have got over with a weaselly one here and it wouldn't have hurt Adam Page at all because Adam Page was trepidatious about fighting his friends. So if you don't hit him with some big power thing that's like a fuck you and it's a the crossbody isn't that bad as with the with the schoolboy from behind, they they could have got away with one and got their aha moment on him and we could have solved it. And then Adam Page is like, eh, what are you gonna do, man? Sorry, dude. I, I can't hit the guy. You know what? I'm gonna punch him in the face. He's my friend. So that that should have they they kind of missed the the moment there on that. Um Here's the bigger issue overall. We just had a weird shitty six with Orange Cassidy, Bearcat, and and Gimmick going over. And now we're doing another shitty six back-to-back booking-wise. Like, this is not doing well for the format of our show. Open with Japanese hardcore wrong style where everyone gets color, buries everything. Then we go into comedy, half-comedy spot fest, high-flyers. Then we go into get your shit in super kick. Uh, I'm I'm worried about my friend's stuff. Um, I don't know. They're trying to tell little stories, but they seem a little too juvenile to me or else they seem a little too extreme and out of touch. I mean, I've watched ECW and FMW, so it's not like it's that level of extreme, but you know, we're telling some stories that are supposed to be like men fighting. We're telling other ones that are middle schoolers. I don't know. Rough. Uh, after the match, Blackpool Combat Club comes out and jumps the elite stars as the Dark Order just walk away and let them get the shit kicked out of them. Uh, Eddie Kingston hits the ring uh, to help, but he gets jumped as well while Paige is left bleeding. Moxley says 
it's been a blast, but it's time for this to end. And they need to push together beyond their limits. July 19th, it's blood and guts. Well, who's after? Who's left for them after that? House of Black, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Uh, then we're going to get the uh, beautiful Jack Perry with his luscious hair. No, uh, Jack Perry comes out to explain his actions with his new uh, brown suede leather jacket and aviator sunglasses. He looks just like uh, the dude from that 70s show uh, who's been accused of uh, salacious things. Um, but, um, before he got that, we're going to get, uh, Cole and Roderick strong backstage and Roddy, uh, questions if Cole can trust MJF, but he says he's just playing him along. MJF then turns up and says, he'll keep uh strong updated. Yeah, man. Why is Roddy strong? Got nothing but that on this show, but we got two shitty sixes, you know, hide. Yeah. Hide from, uh, that 70s show. That's what he looked like. Oh, take a moment to straighten out our spines for shitting, sitting shitty at the desk. Straighten out your spine now with spine straighteners from Yepper's Peppers. Oh, and all the great spine straighteners down there and our friends at Pound Town. We had a good time last night. Uh, Jack Perry then makes his way out and tells AEW to turn that garbage off as the fans have ruined that song to the point that he never wants to hear it again, I'm sure. Uh, he has a car ready to take him to the airport and he's cashing checks and he's banging the hottest women in the company, a uh, woman in the company. No, he doesn't say that. Uh, fucking woke culture at wrestle Inc. Uh, he says he's cashing checks and banging the hottest bitch in the company. I'm going, so he's banging Jade. What is that? Oh, that's the baddest bitch. Sorry. Uh, he questions if he turned on hook, if everybody, if, if he turned on hook or did everybody turn on me? After everything he's given this place, he claims Hook is an entitled second-generation prick, and the belt isn't even officially recognized, which is the same reason why he doesn't recognize Hook. Then he claims because he's a fraud, and he claims Hook was lucky to ever stand next to him uh, when he was a tag team champion in his last duo. Perry knows that fuck the world championship means to Hook and his family, and that's why he's going to take it from him. So I don't care about your title. It's not recognized, but I'm going to take it from you. Okay. Uh, Perry says when he gets his hand on hook, he's going to beat the shit out of him. And then we hear uh, chairman's intent. Uh, you don't even know me. And out comes hook running and jungle boy chicken shits out, jumps the barricade and dude, jungle boy fucking can run, bro. He, like, I don't know if they just had the pathway clear for him, but th- he took off. If you go back and see it, it's crazy how, how fast this kid's got the wheels is they, he was giving chase. I, I don't think hook uh, in, in a foot race could catch jungle boy. Jungle boy is fast and a motherfucker. And uh, then we even see backstage cam jungle boys running dives into the fucking uh, back of an SUV and like peels out while hook uh, gives chase. But uh, dude, <laughs> that was like a serious chase scene uh, after trying to get some heat. Now, for Jack Perry, who's scared to cut promos, he didn't do a bad job for him. You know what I mean? He's got a long way to go um, to emote. Here's the biggest problem. Having a hot girlfriend and bragging about it and having money is is your heat. Where's the hot girlfriend, bro? Where is she out there like Tammy Sitch and Chris Candido? Where is she like woman? You know, what? where is she? Like scary Sherry that she shouldn't be out there like Miss Elizabeth. 
she needs to be out there. You guys need to be making out and like Lita and edge or whatever the fuck. Right. Right. Like we need things that these nerds could never have, which is a super hot chick and a dad who's a famous Hollywood dude and have those connections and stacks of money and whatever it is, his old fucking Lamborghini you're driving around in. We need to see all that. You can't just reference it. We need the show. Don't tell. And that's going to make it a lot easier for him to embody that kind of stuff, to have somebody there and to know that, Oh, great. We got to do the makeout spot and she can show her ass. And and it's very Shane Douglas and Francine, like all that shit, man. So I think we missed big not having her out there with him last night. And then people like, well, it's his time in the spotlight. Do that. No, dude, we got to paint the scene picture here. We got to have all that type of shit. So, uh, like I said, with his little promo, yeah, but the whole thing was only about 40%. We definitely could have punched it up a lot of different ways. And in fact, after even at Forbidden Door, when he turns on Hook and he gives him the clothesline, the hooks for, Hook sells for three minutes off of one clothesline, he picks up the belt, which he should have hit him with to start with, but he, he throws it at Hook. He should have left with that belt. If it means so much to Hook, he should have left with it right there and then come out and cut the promo with it as well. And even could have done, this isn't a recognized title. He's about to throw it in the goddamn garbage can, Shane Douglas style, just to reference it. And out comes Hook there. So I think Taz is doing almost all the agenting and writing on this because it makes sense. But again, these are young kids, you know, so I try to not hold them to like the highest standard of veteran season performers. And it took the guns almost to last week to get to that same point. I saw a big shift in how they're presented and their confidence level. It took time for the acclaimed and it's taken time for these guys, but I just would like to see some, some rewrites and punch-ups on things to make this whole thing mean a lot more instead of just telling me stuff, show me. Um, Todd Brantley, uh, I agree. Uh, you can come out to the 90210 theme. I've written this up. I've sent it. Um, they've got it. Like they've got the, they've got it all. Ruby Soho versus Alexia Nicole. Soho immediately drops Nicole and starts, uh, stomping away on her as she throws her out of the ring, uh, to the other outcasts who get some cheap shots. So plants her twice, refuses to pin her. Instead, she takes off the official's glove and puts it in her mouth to do the lockjaw to insult uh, DMD. And then they spray paint the L on her. Um, and she says, if Britt Baker and Adam Cole had kids, they'd be some weak bastards. That was funny. Uh, she questions if Baker knows who she actually is. And so points out that they have taken everything from Baker and they'll keep doing so until she has nothing. Um, I don't know. This was, this kind of went on too long and, and Ruby was like spinning her wheels a little bit and to get to the camera and, you know, half short and twice strong, but we got to fill time sometimes. QTV introduces Johnny TV backstage and hype up the match. So Johnny Nitro's in the house um, uh, and he's going to take on Swerve and our glory are going to be their partners for the upcoming tag tournament. So uh, we're going to get uh, Johnny Morrison and Swerve. I mean, there you go. You're not going to probably get two more incredible athletes than these two fucking guys, parkour and 
just uh you know un unlimited ability for acrobatics between the two so if you like a get your shit in festival i mean uh <laughs> these guys working together for sure uh been the problem is the jungle boy is supposed to be a pillar dude these are just little things where they keep saying stuff wow because you got hired first because you sat with him in pwg like that don't impress me bro like <laughs> you're not a pillar like just because somebody says you are dude just like you're not other things because people say you are so either do the work and you can show it and, and people put you on that way or it's just some little moniker what's it really mean uh staying in darby allen versus chris jericho and sammy Guevara in a tornado tag what the fuck was i watching here so uh we get the pain maker uh is gonna make his debut uh re-debut the all chris jericho okada rainmaker pain maker japan with spikes on his shoulders and a kabuki mask and cool guy hat and, and we're even going to get bat versus bat with a sword fight yeah it's sword fight deuce um but this match was it's only there's only one thing anybody's talking about uh well i guess we're bookending because jericho gets color here too right so we open with color and we end with color so we're gonna end with color now that color means next to nothing and that's that's a big problem when guys are bleeding for the art, you know, uh, in, in what we, why we opened with it, we gave it away. So now the biggest thing, we're just doing it twice. And now neither of them mean as much and color just becomes average. I don't like that whatsoever. The other big part of this is stinger getting color hard way. Why? Because he smashed his face into a fucking table and Sammy Guevara's leg where we're at the smallest audience we possibly ever had live at this show in Hamilton. And Sting is wrestling on TV in a tag, and it is going to jump off a ladder and do a table spot for the smallest house there is for a show that's, mm, you know, we know is not that hot of a show. And that that is a pay-per-view spot and we're giving it away on TV. When we could have teased that spot and Strangler Steve lays this out perfectly on the Friday locker room. So I'm just recapping some of his ideas and shout out to the Wednesday locker room available now free on Podbean, uh, Hami Media Group and wherever you guys get your podcast. Um, but Darby goes up to do it. Sting goes up, stops him. And then Darby just gets down and is like, fuck it, let Sting go. And now Sting has got to jump far. It's it's pretty far out how far they got Sammy on these double tables, which was a weird thing to start with. And um, Sting is only kind of midway up the ladder. So now you got to jump out and you're low. Not good. And he should have, to go up another rung is the scarier choice, but it would have been really uh, the better of two bad choices because he would have been able to get just that little bit of extra arc and come down instead he had to go face first and fast down you know not that gravity's going to work any differently but it just would have been a little scarier to jump and but it might have worked out better could have worked out worse you can get hurt on anything but sting's fucking i thought he broke his jaw because i, I saw sting at the end and his mouth was open like he couldn't move it 
and it was just like open and I've seen that before. So, um, but Sting said, you know, definitely busted up a tooth and something else. I think in there, he goes, but would I change anything? No, it was great. I would have changed something. I would not have Sting jumping off a fucking ladder onto a, do a table spot, uh, on TV for my lowest audience. You could have had him come up to stop Darby. He turns around, do his thing, Sting pose out, and Darby goes, fuck it. And Darby goes up to the top and jumps and goes over Sting and takes the spotlight because he's an adrenaline junkie. He just wants to fucking do it and protect Sting. And Stinger can then be like, eh, you know, but like we could have just had the pose of Sting with his arms out and Darby going over him and doing something and had that beauty shot. But instead, we put Stinger's life on the line, and it and it barely pays off, and it pays off in a way where the legend gets hurt, and that's the last thing anybody wants to go as a younger worker who gets the opportunity to work with legends, giving you the shine, to go put your head on the pillow tonight and go, fuck, if only we would have done it this way, I Sting wouldn't have busted his face. You know what I mean? So... There's a there's ten ways to skin the cat, and I feel like that was a really not the best choice, just even on paper. Um, you know, like that was really dangerous for Sting, and and for Sammy too. Not that Sammy doesn't take ridiculous fucking chances for himself, you know. But uh, oh, that was the other thing too. We had Sammy Guevara come out earlier. I know I had one stream up with the picture in picture while we we're playing our jams on the self help group. Group, but the fight tv stream was up for the other one and they get brought him out to do his sign bit and what was on the signs was like so weird and like esoteric and trying to be we will fight forever because darby and i are destined to be locked and intertwined our destiny i'm just like well who is writing this fucking shit on these cards when they should be quick one-liners like here's the setup flip the card pop them Set up, flip the card, pop them. Set up, set up, set up, pop. Bing, that's it. Like, that's the format. Like, whoever's trying to write this like it's fucking Dragon Ball Z or some shit is is a fool and uh, needs to have the marker taken away from them right away. Um, So, I don't know, man. It didn't really matter what the hell else happened in this. The whole thing was the, the finish. Uh, going into it was this spot, right? And we Darby's even doing acid drops on people with the skateboard and stuff. And we even get a skateboard to the back. I was like, if those are independent trucks, that could fucking kill somebody. If you know skateboarding and independent trucks, and a couple people did. Um, but uh, tries to take advantage and put on the walls of Jericho, but Sting uses the bat to break it. Sting nails a stinger splash, goes for another. Uh, he hit it with a code breaker, which Sting kicks out of. He misses the Judas effects, hit with a Scorpion death drop, yet Jericho then kicks out. Sting follows it up with a Scorpion death lock for the win, which I'm down with. How about this, though? In the Daniel Garcia match, he puts on a fucking sharpshooter. Why are we using fucking Sting shit if he's in the main event? Uh, there, there's just some fundamental small respect and and like things that a booker or anybody who knows like uh, how to do format of, all right, this guy's going, don't do that. If I'm in the main event and guys are using camel clutch early on in the second match, just as a transition hold, 
I'm gonna be pissed off, bro. Like, dude, you're using my fucking finish as a transition when there's 90 other things you could have done. Kona crush, head fucking crush to hold him there, whatever you want. Like, if if the sheik's on the show, nobody else should be using the fucking uh camel clutch. If uh Shawn Michaels on the show, nobody should be using the super kick unless you're Stevie and you got permission. So, uh, but you got my permission to go to uh Russo brand YouTube and watch Stevie's new video. Uh, a quick one here today, man. Uh, I don't know. This, uh, was long matches, shitty sixes back to back. I like some of the backstage vignette work. Um, but some of it's just way too middle school to be using dark order. And, and if you're going to make a middle school then the finish should be middle school, uh, in that way, but it turns back to violence. And with whatever it is with Forbidden Door in this strong style, I hope you enjoyed it because now one of your top guys is on the shelf for probably minimum 8 to 12 weeks with a broken arm and may never wrestle again. And really, what else is there benchmark-wise in this business for Daniel Bryan left to do? You know, It's almost time to go away and come back as a Terry Funk-type character in about 5 to 10 years uh, to, to tag with somebody. So... And my voice is tapping out, too. I can feel it, and I still got to yell at a bunch of wrestlers at Upstate Wrestling Entertainment tonight. Uh, so plenty uh, still on Amin's docket. I'll get these shows uploaded. I just uploaded the Next Level Review. Thanks to Big Ray and the Vet for checking that out. I know those next, uh, NXT shows have been hot, so definitely check in because there's you know they've had Seth and everybody else showing up, and Braun Breaker's uh, on a big tear there as well. So uh but y'all i'll be uh in uh kabul skill new york uh on july 8th defending the immortal heavyweight title and uh on july 16th back in st Catharines, ontario probably drawing about as much as this show did uh <laughs> cough button um for crossfire wrestling i'm doing my first make a wish up there for rob rage uh granting him his wish uh, the uh, title. So, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, come on out, bring $5. I'll slap the shit out of you. Uh, or come out and train at wrestling tonight, and you can pay more, and I'll body slam you, whatever you want me to do. Uh, but, uh, yeah, thanks to all the producers for helping out, hooking up the show. Check out uh, HMG Wreckage, the new show there, and the return of the Wednesday locker room, along with all the lineup that you guys love so much here. Appreciate you subscribing, hanging out in the live chat here as we uh try and brighten up the thursday afternoon give you a little something to escape to but please thank you for subscribing as always channelattitude.com infidels it's hacker hameen we just lit the fuse you want to laugh russo get vaccinated <laughs>